I'm super excited you're here for this episode because chances are you have or have thought about creating content in sports performance. And good thing for you, that is how your brain works. And creating content is extremely similar to periodizing your, tra- your training plan and everything along those lines. Now, this isn't only for professionals in sports performance. It's really for everyone, but I just frame it in this context of periodization. And there's two concepts that I really want to hammer home before we get into it. The first is why this is important is because we want people's attention. People's attention is already on social media. And that's where we have to post our content to get their attention to then drive their attention where we want it to go. Second is that there's two types of content we create. Content for quality and content for attention. And understanding that there is a difference, but they also interplay in how you can use both of them to help get to your end goal. So I'm extremely excited for this episode. Let's get it going. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here to share stories, lessons, experiences, and sports performance and professional development. I'm super excited to bring you episode 66, Periodizing Content Creation for Professionals in Sports Performance, because a lot of the outreach I've had from my listeners has been geared towards my podcast specifically, but also just content creation in general. So I think that this is a super relevant topic. And I'm excited with how this PowerPoint turned out as I've been working on it the last few days and just kind of reframing how to think about planning, periodizing, and just framing it in this context of kind of sports performance for not only sports performance professionals, but it's also just kind of how our brain works. So let's get into it. So who is this for? This is for professionals in sports performance that either have or have thought about creating content. And this isn't for everyone. Just because it's out there doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you or that you should, or just because you can doesn't mean that you should. But it's it's been super interesting that the more calls I've been making of recent networking, looking for jobs, people reaching out to me in regards to my podcast, that everyone has thought about creating content at some point in time. So I think that it's a lot more relevant than people give it credit for. And if you haven't watched episode 64, understanding the process of why and how to start a podcast, I would highly recommend doing that. The link will be in the description, taking you through the process of just understanding your why, how, and what of a podcast specifically. This episode is going to follow a similar format in the why, how, what, but because this is periodizing content, planning your content, this is mainly going to be addressing the what. Why is this important? I think it would almost be ignorant to ignore the power of social media nowadays and content creation. So just to discredit it as, oh, it'll take too long or it's way too saturated or whatever it may be, I think is a huge disadvantage because social media, your profile, the content you create is your own unique, active, living resume. And there's been so many opportunities and just people I've been able to connect with mainly geared towards my podcast. As I referenced earlier, people just asking me about my experiences, sharing experiences in sports performance, you know, mainly with the, the Samson strength coach collective, he stumbled upon my podcast. He liked what I was about and asked if I wanted to host a few of their, their podcasts. And now those are people that are seeing my name and the people that I actually interviewed that are now quote unquote in my network, just because of my increased effort to create more quality content for you professionals in sports performance. 
It's developing a skill. And although it might seem not counterintuitive or counterproductive or, or whatever contradictory word I'm looking for, it is professional if you make it professional. And I think that that is one of the biggest misconceptions is that you see all of this kind of stupid stuff all over social media and that that's the only stuff that blows up, right, is the viral stuff. I'm not going for vir virality. I'm going for quality. I think that that's a very important distinction that you have to make yourself. And this is something that I've been wrestling with myself as a, I guess I can call myself a content creator, hence that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But is a million likes really the goal? Is that really how I'm going to judge the quality of my content? So it can definitely be professional if you make it and that's how you gear it towards. And it's a skill. I've said this before, I'll continue to say this. I am 100% a better professional and a better public speaker because of my podcast. I'm definitely a lot more methodical and I have a lot more tools kind of in my back pocket, things that I put on my resume that I've been asked about in interviews about my content creation, my video editing and things like that. Going back to my previous point where I said that a lot of people have thought about it themselves, they just asked me about it, like I said. So, you know, whether I'm, I'm interviewing for a job, there's these people that are proverbially above me that, that look up to me in this context. And I think that that's super important that if you have this kind of idea in the back of your head that you should kind of go, that you really should go for it. It's important because people's attention is on social media. I'll talk about the importance of that, but people's attention is on social media. You want people's attention and you can get their attention through content, which you put on social media. Let me explain. People's attention is a, I don't even know how much millions of billions of gazillions of dollars business, but the amount of money that goes into advertisements, sponsorships, paying people to be ambassadors or something kind of like that. People's attention matters. That's why people pay I don't even know how much money for a 30 second ad on Super Bowl Sunday, because that's where everyone's attention is at that point in time. And now day in and day out, tying this back into the, uh, this podcast, people's attention is on their phones, on social media. And like I said, that's where the content goes. So people don't always, AKA never know what they need. They think they know what they want. They want the viral stuff. They want the stupid, the stupid stuff, the stuff that's going to make them kind of laugh and kind of just escape a little bit. And I'm not saying that there's no value in that content, but going back to what I said earlier, where it can be a professional active living resume. But if you want them to create, or if you want them to consume that high quality content, the, th the stuff that you know as a professional that they need, then you have to get their attention somehow, right? And that's why you have to be creating content on social media. You got to give them a little bit of what they want, the stuff that they think they want. So you can drive them to what they need, the really high quality content. And this is an important distinction that I'm going to make a little bit later in this podcast. Periodization. So I got this phrase from Dr. John Waggle, a presentation he did at Altus, where basically he said, periodization is just how you organize time. You organize all of your training variables and things like that over time. You're planning your goals, training adaptations, phases, blocks, exercises, sets, reps, all of that stuff. And I think that it's definitely a lot more similar to your content creation than you would think. So periodization first content creation, they're both gazillion dollar businesses. Think about how much sports performance staff make relative or not relative, but 
and then how much money just sporting professional sports college sports is in general and they're both very similar because you need a plan you got to be consistent you got to be adaptable you got to be flexible you have to use your feedback and like i said this is just how your guys' brain works and i'll get to that later but if we're going to periodize for maximum training adaptation to help us improve our odds of success for sport our improved performance on the field why would we not periodize our content creation to maximize both getting and maintaining people's attention to it's so facto eventually drive them to the high quality content that we know they need so the why how and what of periodizing your content so i already talked about the why how and what of just creating content in general but this is mainly getting to a little bit more of that what so why of the what there's so there's so many layers this is crazy just the more you, you you get into it but why periodize content creation like i said to get maintain maximize the audience's attention to subsequently drive it somewhere else to the higher quality content and, and i'll get into more examples later but th that's why you do it the end goal is to get their attention somewhere else how to periodize content creation you gotta plan it out you gotta be methodical, you gotta be consistent, it's gotta have a theme, some variation, but within your own kind of brand. What's a periodize for content creation? Literally, just like a training program, your macro, your meso, your micro, you can have themes for a whole season, you can have themes for a whole month, themes for a week, you, you can do certain things on different days, you can post something in the morning, you can post something different in the evening, you gotta plan out when you're going to record edit all of this stuff when you're going to reach out when you have little side projects i have a full example on later but like i said it's crazy how much you can really get into this so why going back to the end goal is to drive your audience somewhere now having a ton of followers on instagram twitter whatever it may be is fine and dandy and all that's not just what i'm going for me personally i want to drive them to the higher quality content of my youtube and of my podcast mainly but let's say you're in sports performance and you want to be a researcher. Well, eventually you want to get them to read your research. For example, if it's published on research gates and I got this from, from my buddy who inspired this podcast actually. So if you're listening, shout out, how are you going to get them to click on your research article? Well, you have to have their attention first on social media because that's where their attention already is. But basically it's like, how do we, how do you get them to click that link? to the higher quality content. And if you're on YouTube or my podcast, please subscribe, I would appreciate it. And it has to be exchanging value. As a content creator, you want their attention, follows, likes, subscriptions, listens. You have to give them something valuable in return. And Gary Vee says that you either gotta be an educator or an entertainer. And I would assume that most of the people listening to this podcast it's probably going to be geared more towards the education, towards the high quality content, helping out people in sports performance, whether it's other coaches, athletes, depending on what you want your content creation to be geared towards. And like I said, there is a little bit of value in entertainment. Sometimes that's what people want, but you just have to know kind of your brand and what you're doing. But the moral of exchanging value, we put in our time and effort to create valuable content because we think we know but that's what the other person needs, but they don't know it yet. And then we're trading our time and effort, things like that, for them consuming that content, their time and their attention. So you have to make it worth it. 
AKA, don't waste anyone's time. Everything you post should have a point. Even if you decide to do a little bit more entertaining, more casual type stuff, it should still have a point and it shouldn't be completely useless. And that's a fine line that you just have to walk and create yourself as a professional and with your own content. I can't tell you what that line is. And there's one very important distinction to make. I've kind of been alluding to this earlier. There's content created for attention and there's content created for quality. And this is one of those things where if you got nothing else out of this podcast, it would just be this concept relative to your content creation. I'm not saying that there's no value in content for attention. Like I said, you have to get their attention first so you can drive it to click on the quality content later. I think there's a ton of value in it. That's how you get the people's attention. I posted a screenshot of this example because I think it does a pretty good job. So this is a screenshot of an audiogram, a one minute and 53 second clip of TSP 59 with Kyle Voigt talking about his stories. And I shared the coolest story he had. Coolest story from USC sports science coordinator Kyle Voigt going from the highest seat in the stadium to standing in the logo at the 50 yard line. So Kyle Voigt being a USC student, the USC-Notre Dame rivalry in college football is insane. Every year, whenever they, they all fly out to South Bend, they stay in Chicago, drive to, to South Bend, and of course, he's got the nosebleeds because he's a, he's a college student. Now he's a sports scientist for the USC football team. He's on the 50-yard line just looking up at those seats he used to be in a few years ago. Super cool story. How could I not share that? Now, contrarily, do I think that I could possibly contain the value of this entire episode in one minute and 53 seconds? No. But I think that this would do a pretty good job, the caption and the clip itself, to get my audience's attention. And this example is posted on LinkedIn. I posted it on my other social media profiles. But as you can see in the post itself, there's a link to the YouTube video. If I have to chop up this 40, 50 minute podcast into a minute and 53 seconds for them to click on that link, then why would I not do that? Like I said, people think they know what they need. They pretty much don't know what they want. So how do you show them that? How do you show them that they want to click on it? By giving them a little bit of what they want. That little quick snippet, the coolest story, kind of a quick highlight. And of course, I, I know it's valuable because I hosted the interview in the podcast. So how do I show people that it is worth their time, attention, their click? And that's by doing little audiograms, sharing quotes from the podcast and things like that. So, like I said, I know the value of the episode, but how can I show them that it's valuable and that it's worth their click? By kind of creating content for attention from my content for quality or the high quality content. And just because I think the game is stupid, right? This game of you, you have to fight for people's attention. It might be oversaturated. You don't want to be inauthentic. You know, it's valuable, but people don't know what they want and need and kind of all of these kind of vague back and forth things I've kind of mentioned. Just because I think that that's stupid doesn't mean that the game doesn't exist. This is a game you got to play, but just wrapping your head around this concept of there's content for attention and this content for quality and just figuring out how you can utilize those two back and forth to get your end goal to drive 
the audience's attention to the high quality content. So modalities, right? Ways you can train or ways you can periodize your content. This is all of the social media content creating sites things. And I'm going to talk about each one of them because they all serve different purposes. They each have different pros and cons. They're all going to contribute to the same goal, but each specifically is going to do different things. And similarly to periodizing, going back to the original analogy, different bands change, periodization schemes, different training modalities, like I said, all help for the same end goal, but they're all gonna do a little bit different things. YouTube, this is gonna be videos, longer content. This could be something that you could turn into monetization later, once you have 4,000 viewing hours and 1,000 subscribers, so please subscribe, I'm on my way there. But this is going to be probably a site for your higher quality content. People aren't gonna to go to YouTube to click on those little one minute clips. It's gonna be, like I said, for the higher quality content. ResearchGate, if you're a researcher, this is going to be a place to publish your research, obviously. But I haven't spent too much time on it, but that's gonna be research that you're going, that's going to be a resource that you're going to want to be more familiar with and have already posted some content just more familiar with that uh, site itself. Active campaign. this is just the first newsletter host that I found online, but newsletters, that's going to be weekly, you're gonna be able to put a little bit more content in it, similar to a blog where it's gonna be mainly word, word focused, but you can put a lot of links in it. You got LinkedIn, this is going to be more professional, people quote unquote in your network. It can be geared towards just more professional stuff, kind of like I said. And just because it is professional doesn't mean that you can't put your own content on it. And it's been interesting to see the stuff that I have been putting on LinkedIn, the people in my network or that I'm connected with on LinkedIn that have liked and viewed that content that I'm only connected with on LinkedIn, not on my own social media. So that I think is a valuable resource in and of itself. Blogger, just it's Google's free blog hosting site, something to get more thought out words pictures TikTok. now hot take TikTok is one of the most underrated social medias right now and i think myself i missed the boat and looking back i'm kind of kicking myself for it and the reason why TikTok is one of the most underutilized resources out there is because that's where people's attention is TikTok blew up and the reason why it got so big is because it's predicated, fun fact, I'm on TikTok, no shame in my game. But why TikTok is so big is because it is predicated on the For You page. If you're not on TikTok, basically you have two main feeds. You have the feed of the people you follow and what they post, and you have what's called the For You page, which is just this explore random posts that are similar to other posts you like and people you follow. And it's predicated on finding other people's content and following them as opposed to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, where the main posts that you see and come across are only from the people you follow. So it's literally a social media site predicated on finding other people's stuff. And then what do you do with the attention you get from TikTok? Look at all of the big, look at all of the big people on TikTok. What is in their bios? Go to my YouTube, follow me on Instagram. They're driving, they're getting this, the audience's attention where it is and they're driving it to the higher quality content where they can monetize, where they can put higher quality stuff, kind of like I said. Anchor, 
This is the podcast host I use. There's a ton out there. There's free ones, there's paid ones. A podcast host, this is going to be obviously audio. It's going to be longer stuff and this is going to probably be your higher quality content. This is going to be something that you're gonna drive your audience to. Instagram, I am the biggest on Instagram versus Insta, Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook because I enjoy the interactivity of Instagram with the stories. You can do a lot with the Q&A, the polls, things like that. I like how you can post pictures. So I can post thumbnails for my YouTube videos. You can also just post screenshots of tweets so you can also get words out there. Now you can't put words in the caption, but that's not going to be as effective as just like screenshotting the tweet or the description of the podcast. Also, you can post videos, audiograms, things like that. And with the IGTV for videos you upload that are longer than a minute, it gets put, it gets saved to a different section of your profile called IGTV, obviously. So I've been using that to kind of organize all of my audiograms or snippets of my podcast. Twitter, this is mainly going to be for <laughs> words, tweets. Now you can post pictures and videos, but mainly for words, like I said. I know, for example, if you get into that space and that world, it can be very useful for research. Now, I haven't gotten into that world because I'm not in the research world quite yet. I kind of am, but Facebook, I think it's kind of dead, but it's gonna be mainly people that you know, mainly just adults, family members, people from your childhood. Snapchat, I don't really use this one. I wanna put it out though, because it is one of the main social media platforms. But I know that some people, they use the stories a lot. So within these two, four, six, eight, 10, 11 sites that there's a lot more out there. These are just the biggest ones that I thought of and that I use myself. They all do different things, but you can also see how content can be put across multiple of these sites, as well as your bigger stuff, how it can be chopped up and, and switched into content for those other sites. Exercise selection, going back to our example of periodization. So you have to pick the exercises with the longest runways or just specific to your goals. So what a podcast can turn into, right? Talking about this runway of content creation and just planning our stuff out. One podcast, depending on how you record it, let's say you do a video podcast, a kind of like myself, this is on YouTube if you're listening on your phone, you can turn it into audiograms, video clips, you can do just the audio itself. You can do quotes from the podcast. So that can be a tweet and then you can screenshot the tweet, put it on Instagram. You're gonna have the initial post. You can, you can hype up the podcast on your stories or just with tweets. Say, hey, this is the podcast I'm dropping in X amount of days. You have the posts about the initial post and then you have all of the posts after of the snippets of content to drive them to the original high quality content in the first place. All these different kind of pre, during, post of your high quality content, it can mix and match in different forms in all of these different social media plat or content platform sites, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, newsletter. Then you're just gonna have to kind of mix and match as you choose. You can sport. You can start sports sciencing. Myself as a sports scientist, data. This is kind of just how my brain works. But you can sport science your content creation. If you make your Instagram account a business account, they have what's called insights. You can see how many profile clicks you got, how many people saw each post. 
you can see your demographics of how old your audience is, where they are from. You can track progress over time. Now this is a screenshot of my dashboard from Anchor. Total plays, estimated audience size, which is just total listens divided by total podcasts over the last 30 days. And then I have views weekly over the last however long. Now you can see that there's some ebb and flow when I posted two a week, when I didn't have a podcast for that week, and just different things like that. But if I were to, to put my mouse over each one of those kind of peaks and valleys, it would say which episodes specifically got the views. So it can help you stay on track, it can give you feedback, you can test out theories. For example, I changed how I name my podcast episodes so it was interesting to see if it had an effect or if it didn't have an effect on my listens or my KPIs, key performance indicator. I'm mainly gonna look at are my total plays going up or total listens and is my estimated audience increasing? Am I getting more average listens per episodes in the last 30 days? And you gotta have your coach's eye. I like calling this not a robot. You know, one thing that I put on my social media is hashtag not a robot that I'm not just a dude that posts podcasts. I've been trying to show that I'm more human. I'm a dude. I'm a real person just like everyone else. I'm just someone that likes to keep my, my head busy and productive. This is my productive hobby, like I said. But this has turned turn into something pretty professional, which I'm excited and super grateful for that as well. But going back to our theme of coaching, periodization, planning, you don't always have to stick to, to the plan. I call so many audibles. You can scribble stuff out on your plan as you kind of go. You can change things because it's your plan and it's not concrete. But having a plan really helps eliminate the guesswork when you're just trying to come up with a program on the spot. And that's why I think that there's a ton of value in the plan. It's just simply by taking out that guesswork. Having a plan also helps for consistency and for the audience's sake. So the end goal, or one of the two end goals, you want to get, maintain, and then maximize their attention. Being consistent, it helps eliminate cognitive dissonance because they know what to expect. And cognitive dissonance is basically when there's two discrepancies on what you thought was gonna happen, but then what you're actually seeing is more of a psychology concept, but trying to eliminate the cognitive dissonance when they know what you're going to post, they know when you're gonna post it for the most part, and they know that it's going to be within a theme, your brand. Now, I'm not saying that I can only post a podcast, right? Because that's one of my main high quality content. I can post different things, but I enjoy coaching coaches. I like getting at stuff kind of behind the scenes, the stories, lessons, experiences, stuff you're not going to learn in a textbook, those finer things that you can only get from experience and asking people these awesome questions. Having that theme, something consistent to your own brand, but a little bit of variety to keep people coming back, but they also know what to expect is going to not have that cognitive dissonance. Last thing I'm gonna see on this slide about coach's eye not being a robot is this is the human component, and that's why this is valuable because there's things that only you can do and that's some automated program about periodizing the best plan and all these percentages and blocks and things like that can only come from a human and those skills and that ability to call audibles, scribble out, read the athlete as they walk in the door that day and things kind of like that are only going to come with time. Similarly, only you can come up with ideas that you're going to experiment with or only you can research on potential platforms that you want to get into. Only you can figure out your why your how, and consequently, the content that's going to be your what that's going to help fuel your how and your why. So this is an example of periodizing your content creation or how a 
program will look on a piece of paper, for example. So I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I have all the different types of content that I could possibly post. I have my actual Instagram post, Instagram story, stuff I can post on Twitter, YouTube, my podcast, LinkedIn, and then projects that I just have to work on myself. For example, Monday on Instagram, I'm going to post the bullet points kind of about me, hashtag not a robot, just telling the listeners a little bit more about me. Now, about that post a little bit more specifically, like I said, showing that I'm a human, not a robot, I don't like talking about myself too much, kind of mainly because that's not the point. But like I said, more relatable that I'm not a robot. I don't do that all the time, but I thought that there was some value in it. Instagram story that I have four Zoom calls consulting about professionals in sports performance, talking about their, where they are in their career, where they have been, where they are, and where they want to go. So just eliciting people to DM me. I have my four people lined up, super excited to, to do those calls. Twitter, a quote about networking from a YouTube video that I posted the previous week. And that is going to turn into a screenshot that will, will go on Instagram later. YouTube, I'm going to post one quick and simple tip to my to studying for the CSCS, just reframing how to think about it. I'm going to post podcast number 65. I'm going to post an audiogram or just that snippet from episode 61 on LinkedIn. And then on Monday, contact the people in my network that it's time to have just another phone call, another connection with them, ask about their availability later in this week. So those are all of the things that you can do within one day. Not limited to that, but just myself. And then as you can see, the rest of the week isn't completely filled out. This was mainly just an example based off what I have on, on my own whiteboard. Let's just go to Tuesday. Post the one minute clip about the CSCS video because I posted it on YouTube the day before. Instagram story, Q&A, Twitter, post the same one minute clip about the CSCS video, and then do research for the 1080 sprint, which we have in the facility that I coach in back home. There's, there's also things like recording the podcast, editing the podcast, and uploading the podcast. That isn't going to be, I put that under YouTube and podcast, even though that's not necessarily posting, you still have to plan out those things. And that's why it's very important, like I said, eliminating the guesswork. If you have all of these podcasts that you want to record, these YouTube videos you want to make, knowing when you're going to block out time to script out the YouTube video, knowing the time that you're going to film and edit the YouTube video, it takes out the guesswork. There's no, you just have to go and do it once you already have your plan. Similar with the podcast. When am I going to reach out to my guests? When am I going to schedule them? When am I going to actually do it? And then because this is a productive hobby, this isn't my, my full-time job right now, I can then schedule it around my job instead of just trying to pick 30 minutes here and a random 45 minute block here and a random 45 minute random hour block that day. The importance as simple as it sounds is just eliminating the guesswork. So this isn't perfect, but you see all of these different avenues that you can post content, right? I have two, four, six, seven, six for content, one just for project and research that if you were to fill out every block or most of these blocks, you just have to go and do it. So taking a little bit of that that time upfront in making this itself is going to give you returns beyond you could possibly imagine. And since I've been more consistent with my content creation and my posting and just more intentional, I think that that's a, another good word is you want to have a super awesome training block. You want to achieve these certain goals, whatever it may be going back to periodization, our original analogy and example, same thing with my content creation. You know, if you're going to uh, have, haphazardly put together a program, you're probably going to get haphazard results, half-hearted results. 
Now, if you ball out with your planning, your research, your testing before, you know where the athlete is, where they want to go. Same thing with your active, living, unique resume on social media and content platforms. And with this, trust yourself. This is literally how your brain works as a professional in sports performance. You know how to determine where an athlete's been, where they are now, where they want to go, and how to get that athlete there. You know how to plan, you know how to adjust, you have your coach's eye, things I referenced earlier. You just gotta trust yourself. When when my, my friend who inspired this podcast said, oh, it's just like periodizing your podcast. He's like, that's just how my brain works, that's just how it makes sense to me. I was like, that's how it makes sense to me too. And that, and now here we are now. And this is what you make it. Your brand, your online resume, your content creation, what you believe is valuable as the professional, your higher quality content, as well as your content for attention. It's literally what you make it. Your plan can be as intricate or not detailed as you want it to be. Scribble on it, make notes, track your progress over time. Literally whatever is going to help you create the highest quality content, whatever is going to help you get, maintain, and maximize the audience's attention. Whatever you're just going to enjoy doing the most. Before I get into the action steps, which I like tying all of my content into actionable things, I want to address what you might be concerned about. Oh, I want to have a perfect plan. Well, I don't have a perfect plan, but I have a plan. And because I have been planning out periodizing my content every week, I get that much better at doing it over time. It's going to take trial and error, but however many weeks I've been intent about writing on my whiteboard, making a little thing in Excel, I have th three more ways into not make not making the perfect periodized content plan. Yes, periodized content plan. Just like Thomas Edison, I didn't fail a thousand times. I found a thousand ways, or 999 ways to not make a light bulb. What else would you be doing with your time? At this point in my career, I do have my own free time to create my own online brand, higher quality content. And 100%, I've gotten returns as a better professional. It's helped giving me reasons to connect with people. And I'm very excited that my productive hobby is turning into something as awesome as this. I'm making the most of my time. Moral of that point. All what ifs are equal. I got this from one of my good friends and I don't want to get into the stats of however small podcasts there are relative to big podcasts, but I would argue that it's equally as likely that you get 20 episodes in of 20 YouTube videos, 20 podcasts, and you figure out, ah, eh, it's not for me. That's just as likely as you getting 20 podcasts in and being like, dang, I'm super happy that I decided to stick with this. This is something that I'm proud to put on my resume and that could potentially, it's just as likely to lead you to maybe your dream job one day. All what ifs are equal, but you can only figure out what they are by going and doing. And let's be honest, your first videos, podcast posts, just like mine, are going to be absolutely atrocious. First, those are gonna be buried in your feeds anyways, as long as you're consistent in posting content. And one thing I like saying is, if it takes me to podcast number 273 to blow up, get that one big guest, get that person to, to reach out, to get me to my subsequent dream job or whatever it may be. You know how many podcasts I gotta make it through to get to 273? 272 podcasts. This is a quote I said in my TSP 64 about understanding the process of starting a podcast. The best time to start was 20 years ago, five years ago, a year ago. Second best time is now, if you haven't already done that. And looking back, I started about a year ago. Man, I've been able to accomplish a lot of stuff and I'm, I'm very, very grateful that, that I decided to stick with it. Action steps. This is just my own personal recommendation. I recommend that you keep your personal 
content and your professional content separate. I have my own personal Instagram and then I have my coach big toe. And going back to the cognitive dissonance, I unfollow coaches when there's at coach whatever in their title. In their description, their bio is Jen the conditioning coach, performance coach, I'm gonna help you XYZ, da da da. I'm scrolling through my feed one day and then pops up two random kids that I've never seen before in my life. So I go back, I, I click on the profile. It's like, oh, it's that dude that's advertising his profile as his performance strength and conditioning resource. Now, I'm not saying that I don't care about his kids or that that's not valuable or that you shouldn't post that, but that's not the reason I'm following him. I'm not giving him my attention to see his kids because I don't know him. He's advertising and I'm, and I'm realizing that this is sounding a lot worse than, than it actually is. But going back to this cognitive dissonance, why are people following you? How are you promoting such branding your profile, your content, and then what are you actually putting out there? So the reason why this is important is because if you have all of those things in line, it's going to not get that kind of confusion in your listener's brain, which is subsequently going to maximize and retain the audience's attention. Right, why are they following you? But consequently, you have to show that you're not a robot. You know, one example was I reposted a story of me on the TCU Beach Volleyball's Instagram story. They were like, oh, hey, this is our sports scientist, Matt. Now, although that's not specifically for my content, it's showing, hey, I'm a professional, I'm out here doing stuff, but I'm also not a robot and that I can, that I do real things like a human. So that's your own line that you have to create that I cannot create for you. So that's just my own personal preference. But I, I hope that makes sense that why are they following you? How do you brand slash promote yourself on that content or profile? And then what are you actually putting out there? And going back to our end goal of how do we get, maintain and maximize attention is by having all those three things in line. If you wanna DM me for consulting on Instagram at Coach Big Toe, I would love to help figure out your why, how, what, go through your, your social media, your content creation, figure out how we can optimize how we can improve to help get you to your end goal, whatever it may be. I would love to help you out, so please let me know. Action steps. First, you have to figure out your why and your how. People often do it backwards in, what am I gonna call my podcast? What equipment am I gonna use? And all of these things kind of after the fact when if your why and your how is in line, the what is kind of almost gonna take care of itself. You have to conduct a needs analysis, going back to to our, our uh, sports performance talk. Where have you been? Where are you now? Where you wanna go? You have to set, goal, set goals. You have to know what your key performance indicators are. You have to have ways to track that over time to see if you're crushing it, if you gotta modify it, if you gotta do a complete 180, whatever it may be, because effort without focus is just wasted effort. Then plan your quality content and then plan your attention content because attention content is going to be based on the quality content, then crush your quality content and then crush making your attention content. There's a reason why I said quality content, planning and crushing it. And then I said planning, crushing the attention content because going back to our end goal of driving people to our quality content, unless you just want a big following on social media, totally up to you. But if we have this very well done attention content, but we have half-heartedly done quality content, then people aren't going to want to click on our high quality content later. And like I said, the attention content is mainly going to come from the quality content you make. Once you do that, you got to reevaluate the key performance indicators. Are you going where you need to go? 
your followers, for example, the lessons you're getting. You can elicit feedback from your followers on social media, things like that. And then rinse, repeat, go back to the top and let me know how it goes. That is periodizing content creation, my interpretation of it for doing this for about a year now, but a lot more consistently of recent. And I hope that makes a lot of sense in just making that distinction between the high quality content and the content for attention and how they're both needed, but how the end goal is for people's attention and how those two both play and how you have to plan it out. You got to be consistent in all of these things. So I'm super grateful for your time. I'm, I'm super excited for this podcast. Once this topic got brought up, it took me like three days to make this, this PowerPoint because I wanted it to be really well done. And I'd love to get your feedback. Let me know how it goes. I think that this is an awesome time to be a professional in sports performance and I want to help you out. So thank you very much.